Hi, my name is Craig Tim, and you're listening to The Craig Tim Show. Each time we meet, as many of you know, I'll be sharing God's message on living the Christian life. And during our times together, we're going to be challenged in so many areas. But we're also going to hear God's encouragement. We're going to be reminded of God's promises that He gives us every single day. And we're going to know God in a different way after today's message. Are you ready? Let's get set. Let's go. Which just happens to be the title of today's message. Ready, set, go. I'm going to be talking to you about leadership. As you know, there are many varieties of leadership models out there to choose from. There's the democratic way, the collaborator, the integrator, the dictator, the ones who say it is my way or the highway, which actually is a Frank Sinatra song, Doing It My Way, if you remember Frank. Other models to lead by are autocratic, bureaucratic, laissez-faire, transformational, transactional, knowing about emotional intelligence, EI, for you business-savvy people, the Entrepreneur Operating System, EOS, and there are so many more to choose from. But one of the newest models, at least relatively speaking, is being a servant leader. Now, my definition of leadership that I'm going to challenge you toward today just might be a little different from what you think leadership is all about. I want to begin by reading for you a quote from a book titled Leadership Explosion. It was written by Joel Comiskey in 2008. Joel was an ordained pastor in 86, and he and his wife served as missionaries in Ecuador uh, in 1990 through 2001. So he has actually been in the field living it. The quote comes from one of his headings in his book, and that heading was Priesthood of Believers. He says, While the church has done a good job of training people to go directly to God, by and large, it has failed to train people to minister to others. Joel's book is relating to being a leader in cell groups within the church, but I believe that we as leaders, and those of you as leaders in the business world, that you could call a cell group within your business models. See, we don't typically oversee hundreds and hundreds of people, employees, at a time, this actually would be considered a small church, and you'd be the pastor of that church. But what we do, what we, what is really happening, we're, we're leading just a few, a, a fractions of the company in each of our responsible areas as leaders. And by definition, we could call this a cell group of the people that we lead. Now, for sake of discussion, I'm going to continue today's message with reference of leadership from the church side of the setting, and, and you'll get it. But for those of you in the business world that want to change your leadership style, I want you to think about this message and think about how you could replicate it and using the same principles that are going to be presented here and how you can use them and be successful on the business side too. The pastor of the church is still considered lack of a uh, uh, definition, a uh, uh, high priest, so to say. And he's only only one fit uh, really to, to, to minister, right? See, this barrier that people get stuck on with that 
where that definition is tied to the lack of mentoring. And what this produces are churches spectators who watch the pastoral performance every week. And their custom is sitting back and just soaking in the message. And they become sermon tasters. Actually, they think they're experts, and then they're experts in critiquing the pastor and experts in grumbling when their own needs are not met. But let me ask you, how far have we fallen from the New Testament Christianity from, let's say, Peter's day, the disciples' day? Peter depicted this as a church's as a, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That was 1 Peter 2.6. Now, the main text that, that I'll be working from today is from John 21, uh, verses 15 through 19, if you want to follow along. And we're going to look and see that Peter's challenge to be a leader is in this section. And we have to consider our own challenges to be leaders with the concept of ministering to one another. As I said earlier in the beginning, the message is not your typical understanding of leadership from the business side, but it is from leading from the biblical side. And when I say that all of you are being challenged to be leaders, I'm not saying all of you are going to be teachers or elders or youth workers or even pastors. And then if for you in the business side, if you're going to take this concept and this mindset like this, I'm not saying you're all going to be CEOs and CFOs and VPs and directors or any particular person on an executive team or, or even a, a, a supervisor, a manager. Maybe that's not your role. You have a different role. No, but what I am talking about here is much broader than that. I'm talking about involvement. That's the key word here. When you become involved in other people's lives by ministering to one another, you are a leader. Yes, you are. You are leading by example to these people, no matter what title you have or don't have. When you're ministering to others, you are a leader. Now, as you will hear, Peter will quickly become the main character from today's passage. The disciples are out fishing in their boat, and they're not having much success catching anything, really. It's just a really bad day. But a man appears, and he tells them, throw the net over there. Fish on the other side of the boat. That's where they're at. Now, the disciples, they're trying to be polite here by telling this man, you know, thank you, but we are the professional fishermen here, and just today is just a bad day. It happens sometimes. But this man was so insistent. So, disciples reluctantly to pacify this man, they threw their nets on the other side of the boat to prove him wrong. Now, it only took a few moments, and the man could barely lift the nets back into the boat. And once they got the nets over the edge and into the boat, the nets dumped out a miraculously load of fish that was overflowing the deck. They'd never seen so many fish. They'd never caught so many fish. They didn't even know the net could hold so many fish. But as soon as Peter realized that this stranger man was in fact Jesus, he jumped overboard and he swam to him because he was so eager to be with him. He couldn't wait for the boat to get to shore. He had to be with him right then. So let's read John 21, 15 through 19 now. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, 
Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Oh, yes, Lord, he said. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Now the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, Peter was pretty hurt by now because Jesus kept asking him and asking him for the third time, do you love me? And he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and they will lead you where you do not want to go. This scripture that was just read has Jesus leading Peter to help him overcome the cloud that had overcome him from denying Christ prior to his death and sentence and eventually the crucifixion. He was trying to help him overcome that cloud that was consuming him. Now, this passage is part of chapter 20 and 21, the book of John, after Jesus' resurrection, but before his ascension into heaven. Peter's life changed when he finally realized who Jesus was. His occupation changed from fisherman to evangelist, and his identity changed from being impetuous to being a rock in the church. His relationship completely changed with Jesus. As I read through this section preparing for today's message, I realized that this is actually an account of Peter being commissioned and getting his start in the full-time ministry. He was becoming the leader of the church, the New Testament church. I have to say, I believe everyone who is committed to following Christ needs to transition from spectator to participant. That is, we need to go from always viewing and taking it all in to becoming active and giving back to others on a daily basis. So let me ask you, are you ready? When Christ asked Peter three times, do you love me? I believe that he was actually asking Peter, are you ready? What Jesus is doing here is challenging Peter to be a leader within the body of Christ by making him think long and hard about the reason for the challenge. At first, I thought Christ was asking Peter if he loved him more than the other disciples, but after a little more study and, and really praying through this, this message and through that section, I feel there's a better interpretation of this passage. Christ was probably asking Peter his repeated question about loving him because Christ knew that Peter had a high regard for Peter in his very own mind. He wanted Peter to experience the changed life. And Christ wasn't looking for an easy answer, similar to a superficial answer that, that, that you and I might want to give. Christ was trying to direct Peter to really think in a deeper way and learn from their conversation. And Christ is challenging you today, too. What enables you to take on the challenge of leadership 
What is the prerequisite for leadership in Christ? The answer is a love for Christ. You are changed life because of Jesus Christ. It's not you that makes you worthy, but it is Christ. I'll repeat that again. Make sure that you get it. You are changed life because of Jesus Christ. It's not you that makes you worthy, but it is Christ. And I hope you understand this today. So if you're ready, then let me ask you, are you set? And what do I mean by asking if you are set? What I mean is, are you prepared? I'm not talking about being prepared for a school test or giving a speech or a sermon on the mount or anything like that. No, that's not what I mean. The preparedness that I'm talking about today is the kind that Christ was questioning Peter about. Peter, do you realize what the outcome of your leadership will be? See, what Christ tells Peter in verse 18 is, in fact, Peter, it's imperative that you understand something here. Your love for me, which you will display in your service to me as you feed my sheep, it will end up your earthly demise. Peter, when you serve me, Christ, when you serve me, you will be paid back for your service with death. Peter, you will lose your life because of your love for me. Peter was hated because of Christ. He was persecuted because of Christ. He was crucified because of his love for Christ. Christ is challenging all of us to be prepared leaders. Are you prepared for an active role that flows from a source of your love for Christ and that the challenge is not going to be all sunshine and daisies, you know? It's going to be hard some days. Are you ready for the active participation? Are you set? Are you prepared for the ultimate prize? If you are, then it is time to go. Let's go. So I believe there are a lot of people that are ready, and many that are even prepared. But for some reason or another, there are not as many that are actively involved in leadership ministry as we need. Let's look back at Peter for just another moment. He makes a mistake during this reading. And the scripture we're reading says that Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. See, Peter's mistake here is that he turned. He turned his focus off of Christ just for a moment. Peter went on to say, well, what about John? Is he going to die as well? Jesus says, don't worry about John. You worry about Peter. And the way you worry about Peter is keeping your eyes focused on me. You follow me. And Christ is going to say the same thing to you. Put your name in there. Don't worry about the other ones in line. You worry about yourself. The way you worry about yourself is keeping your eyes focused on me. Follow me. Follow Christ is what he's saying. Let me ask you a quick question here. If you were to make a percentage representation of how much time you spend concerned about others are acting, compared to how you are acting, what would that be? Being said, 
how much time do you spend evaluating the lives of others compared to the time you spend evaluating your own life? What is it? Okay, you got a number? Don't think it too hard. Whatever number you come up with, that's the number. Because that's how we are. The first number is really what your heart is saying. See, more times than not, we spend time thinking or talking about, um, let's say, how much Jim and Susie needs to change. Or we spend so much time on how a group of people need to be impacted by the gospel so they will behave a certain way. Why is it that we try to change others to be like we want them to be and not how God wants them to be? Are we actually trying to play God? Let's be a people who are concerned about following Christ first. Stop judging how others should change for us. When we focus on Christ, all the other things will fall into place. When you are being a living example, people will be drawn to Christ because of your example. But if you're standing still or stagnant and you're not growing in Christ yourself and you still have a desire for others to come to him and you still think that they are wrong and they need to change, I would say to you, why? If Christ is not important in your life on a daily basis, why should anyone else want some of that? It's just another empty bucket in their lives. Why would they want to be like you if you are not the example Christ has set you out to be? I want to close with this for you. Are you ready to accept the leadership challenge presented to you today? Are you ready? Are you set to accept this challenge? That is, are you prepared for its outcome? It's not always going to be pretty or easy. But it will give you the eternal rewards that you can count on every single day. And if you are ready, are you set? Are you set? Then you're going to go. I hope. Are you going to choose to be an example of a ministering servant to others? Are you going to focus on Christ and allow His impact on your life drive you to His image? See, God is looking for a few good men and women. But he is not just looking. He needs action from you today. So, I ask you in closing, what have you decided? Lord, this is a challenge to take this concept and to put it in all perspectives throughout our whole life. In the business world, in the schools, in the grocery stores, when we're around people, can we be this person all the time that you want us to be, that you seek for us, that we are seeking to be more like you? Can we overcome those obstacles? Can we overcome those dis Yes, we can. Lord, you can help us there as long as we keep looking forward at you. And not looking behind at others, we know what the result is going to be. The internal result that your promises have made. 
Lord, help us take this word today, prepare us, get us ready, have us set, and Lord, let us go. Let us launch off that starting line and stop making excuses. Lord, I pray for everybody who listens to today's message that they know you more and they know you better and more intimately each day. I want to pray for you folks. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you the peace that you seek every day. Amen and amen.